Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. News time right now, 8-19. You're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning today, today, the 8th of November, and Dr. Craig McCabe joins us in studio. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm great. I had a great weekend. I hope that everybody else enjoyed the beautiful fall colors and beautiful fall weather. It was a, a nice day to go out and about and see nature's beauty. It was nice. It was kind of chilly in the morning, but man, that the day felt great a hive like 72 yesterday or something it was nice well you know we're we're well into november now right second week of november and boy it's usually a lot colder it is now so it's yeah it's a little chilly in the morning but the afternoons are beautiful and uh Boy, you know, enjoy it. Do all those things you like to do before it does get too cold. This is the time of year for things like campfires and hay rides, all that fun stuff. But, uh, man, it is the time to be outdoors for sure. Absolutely. Um, it's a great time to uh, reunite some uh, friend relationships that maybe they have uh, been separated because of all the mess that's been going on. But uh, I think uh, this Christmas is going to be a very nice and enjoyable Christmas. Definitely. So are, are folks still talking about things like allergies this time of year, or are we kind of past that? Are the leaves still falling? Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> well, I'm yes. looking out the window right, right now. Right, right. As we know, there's two types of allergies. There's allergies that are seasonal, spring and fall. So the spring uh, typically is from when the tulips start and the Bradford pears uh, come out. That's kind of the start of it. And then in the fall, of course, it's the leaves changing and falling. And, you know, about half of all allergy sufferers are the seasonal allergy type. And then the other half of all allergy sufferers, unfortunately, are year-round. It doesn't mean what season it is. And that means they're allergic to things inside their house, too. Dog, cat, dander, dust mites, uh, things that you can be around all the time. And then typically just the seasons of the typical seasonal allergies, that just kind of makes it worse. Yeah, allergies are no fun for those who suffer from them. But, you know, there there's things that you can do, I guess, like shots, allergy medicine, eye drops, nose spray. I mean, there's all sorts of things. That's right. And typically when we don't have the absolute answer to it, there's all kinds of ways to try to make it better. And uh, so this is one of those things. But fortunately, now we have uh, very good allergy medications. If you need more than what's just over the counter, uh, see uh, your primary care doctor, and they can prescribe you some of these allergy nose sprays that actually work very well. They put the medicine right where it needs to be rather than going through your gut and all through your body before it gets up to your sinuses. And you can have more side effects from those. One of those is dry eyes. So dry eye sufferers will come in during allergy season and they'll say, boy, my dry eyes is just so much worse now. And typically it's not a time when the air conditioner or the heater is on a lot during these seasons. You know, that's typically more summer and winter. But they're taking more over-the-counter pills to try to dry out their sinuses and it also dries out all their mucus mucous membranes you know they'll get a dry mouth but they'll also get dry eyes so it makes their dry eyes much worse and uh, so many of our medications 
actually have negative side effects on our eyes that if your eyes are just fine and doing great, it's not much problem. But if you already suffer from some issue and your medicines may be making it worse, then that tips you over where you're really having problems with your vision. Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor, on the air with us this morning and in studio. And uh, you do more than just eyes. And I, I say that because of the text question we got, and I think we've had it before on the air. Uh, but it's related to uh, skin type stuff. And the question is, can you remove tattoos? And, and for those listening, people are probably saying, you know, why would I ask an eye doctor if he can remove tattoos? But that's because you do more <laughs> than just eyes. That, that's right. We actually have all the equipment uh, to take care of enhancing the smoothness, uh, the way your skin looks as far as removing any blotchiness, so improving the uh, cosmetic appearance of your skin without makeup as well as reducing wrinkles, uh, taking care of pigment areas, uh, and we have some of the best equipment at that, really the, actually the best, but if you, we even have some that require no needles, no numbing medication, no anything like that. It's just something you wear while you're browsing your phone or your iPad for 30 to 45 minutes. So we have these contactless ones that uh, people just love and so we have all that but unfortunately we do not have the pico laser or this one to remove tattoos and uh, if there was a strong demand for that then we may acquire that but uh, you know some people it's interesting some people will want to get rid of a tattoo because they want to get a different one there <laughs> <laughs> maybe not just that they want to get rid of it but they want to get a different one as well and uh, there's absolutely uh, nothing wrong with that. And the, the only difficulty with getting those tattoos removed is that it does take multiple, multiple treatments. But it can be done, and it can have uh, good results. However, if you're trying to improve the texture, the quality, the color, the evenness of your skin, if you want to tighten the skin where it's saggy, maybe you've got those jowls, uh, we have excellent equipment for that. And then, of course, if you have some really deep wrinkles that you would like to have lessened, we have all the fillers and as well as uh, Botox to remove those wrinkles that you get with smiling or frowning. And so we have the complete line of everything else. And uh, I think everyone will find our prices to probably be the most competitive around. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe on air with us this morning. You know, it just makes sense for you to go into that industry <coughs> as far as skin, skin care, uh, because, you know, the eyes are one of those things that you see on people that you notice right away or, or you don't notice, depending on somebody's eye color. Other, some people's eyes just stand out. Uh, so it makes sense to want to have that perfect skin on your face as well as, of course, your hands too. But, yeah, it, it makes sense. Well, kind of my thrust, if you will, about how I'm running my business and my medical care for people is that, number one, I want them to see as well as they can. Number two, I would like them to try to see very well without having to wear glasses or contacts. Third, if they're on medicated eye drops, I would like to provide them other means so that they can 
have what they need from their medications without using their medications. And we have ways so that people can get off of their eye drops, ways for people to get out of their glasses. Well, now uh, not only can they see well, do they feel better about themselves, but uh, you know, there's no reason you can't turn back five to 10 years from the wow. age of how your face looks. And I'm not exaggerating. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm really direct and straight and upfront about things. And the technology is just that good now. And so uh, you have to find what's best for you, but we want you to not only see good, but to look good, but to feel good, feel healthy. And who wouldn't want to feel a little bit younger these days, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, in life, we all hit these different milestones throughout the years. And one of those milestones, like 40, you say to yourself, well, I want to get off of all medication I'm on. Then at 50, you're like, well, I'm going to stay on all medication I'm on. But people hit these milestones, it seems like, where they want to get healthier and they want to stay healthy. So that being said, how often do folks come to you who are patients and say, you know, I, I do want to get off XYZ medication and I want to try this or this well they'll say you know I hate my drops I hate that I'm tied to them that I got to use them uh, twice a day or they may be on multiple bottles or maybe that uh, you know they're, they're tired of going to the pharmacy all the time and buying these drops and they don't want to spend the money on it or that you, you know it just every pill you have to take on a regular basis every eye drop whatever it is it just kind of makes you feel a little bit less strong or healthy than you used to when you didn't have to take those and that makes sense now thank goodness we have these medications that can extend our life and extend the quality of our life but now we also have things that can do the same thing without medications so if you would like to see better period if you would like to see well without glasses or contacts if you would like to be able to get off of some of your glaucoma eye drops. And now if you would like to look five, 10 years younger, we can help you with those things. And we're, uh, we enjoy doing all of them. Hey, I'm curious, looking back, when you were in school, medical school, did you ever envision how far along medicine and <laughs> surgeries would progress to where they are today? Well, it's, I think it's hard to see the future. It's interesting that actually some movies that were sci-fi in the 70s, many parts of them are actually pretty close to coming true right now today. And then you think about the sci-fi movies today, you know, in 50 years, very likely some of those things may well be true, especially the ones that kind of base their storylines and such around future technology that they know major corporations are starting to work on but won't be ready for two to three decades hmm. and then they've got to get approved and they've got to get refined and it takes that long sometimes but isn't it awesome i mean if you remember the what the start of the industrial revolution i don't remember exactly but maybe that's around the 1890s and you know we didn't have anything like that we didn't know about DNA and chromosome and genes, you know, before the 50s. You know, we didn't know about antibiotics and penicillins before the 40s. And look at how far 
all of that has come. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely, in many ways, makes life better and extends life. And, uh, you know, I wish I could live another 50 years to see what it would be then, but my children will, and I'm glad that they will get to enjoy those wonderful things, whatever they may be, out there in the future. You know, I think throughout life, there's these different time periods where you'll see lots of new inventions, lots of new technology, then things kind of die off for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden it happens again, where it happens in, in bunches. It happens all together sometimes. It's interesting to look back over the years and just to kind of learn the progression of certain areas of study, be it medical, be it, you know, science and medical, or be it the car industry. I mean, it, it is interesting to look back in history. Absolutely. And there's usually one visionary that gets it going. Yeah. Whether we're talking about electric cars now, or we're talking about how you order your goods. You know, we always went to the store. We mm. never did it online. Now, I do almost all of mine online, <laughs> you know, and I, I do like to shop local for things that I can get at a competitive price around here because I think we should all do that. So whenever you can, please do shop local. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's wonderful to have the options, and it, it co definitely causes changes in society. But we typically have a single person that in that certain area, you know, fights through you know, almost claiming bankruptcy a few times to make it happen, and then they become a great success. You know, if you've, if you've ever heard the story of uh, this gentleman in Korea that wrote uh, the Squid Games, and I don't know if people got to watch it. It's highly intense, and it's only for adults, but uh, you get addicted to it. It's such good TV to watch. But that gentleman that wrote that in Korea uh, sent it around and traveled around to many different corporations trying to get them to finance it and put it on uh, TV, and they wouldn't do it. They said it was too extreme or whatever, to the point where he was living out of his car. Wow. He had to sell his house. He had to sell the laptop that he actually wrote the show on, and he was just almost a goner. And then someone picked it up, and now it's the number one show in 93 countries. Wow. But just like everyone starting out in the entertainment industry, your first couple contracts, the company gets the most, and you get a little. And so he <laughs> makes very little money. He's got the number one show in 93 countries. That's wild. But, uh, yeah, there's that one person that pushes forward no matter what it is. And uh, thankfully, cars are advancing. We've got to try to get pollution under control. Uh, you know, uh, for our kids and for our kids' kids. So, yeah, let's talk about eyes. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> Dr. Craig McCabe on air with us this morning, and here's kind of a sci-fi type question for you that somebody sent in. They mm -hmm. said, is it possible to do cornea transplants? And that, you know, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago, that would have been one of those questions where you're like, no, no way, but now. Yeah, and we actually... Uh, the um, eye tissue bank, uh, and there's usually one in each state, and we have one uh, located at uh, Vanderbilt, uh, provides this tissue for corneal transplants. And uh, actually, the 
the, the number one uh, cause of kind of irreversible blindness in the country is infections and scarring of the cornea, the front clear window of our eye. Now, this is mostly in third world countries. But you can get uh, host tissue, which is from people who have passed and have signed their donor card. And boy, if you haven't thought of doing that, you can save lives and you can save the quality of so many people's lives by checking that off to be a donor. And uh, I would use their kind of rejected tissue that wasn't up to high level quality for transplanting in people to practice when I was a resident at Vanderbilt. And uh, so I greatly appreciate them and I want to say every word for them because they do help hearts beat, they do help lungs breathe, they do help kidneys, all these other kind of things. And yes, we can transplant corneas as well. And as a matter of fact, about six years ago, we had an, uh, an advancement in corneal transplants, where now if all you need is the inner or bottom layer of the cornea, which m many people have something called Fuchs corneal dystrophy, which is a loss of those cells, and it causes their cornea to swell and not see well, can cause blindness. They can get just that inner layer replaced, not the whole cornea. And as a result, graft rejection rates have gone way down, like one-fifth, and problems with that and ability to get back to work, get back to functioning, is much faster. So yes, not only do we have corneal transplants if you need the whole cornea, but also for a more common one, the inner layer, there's an advanced procedure where the recovery is much quicker. Interesting. It's wild what can be done today. So we can replace or fix almost everything in the body except the brain and spinal cord. I've talked about this on the show in the past. This is kind of the last frontier of medicine. You know, if you have a, a stroke, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all those diseases that affect the CNS, the central nervous system, which is the brain and spinal cord, you know, we can stimulate it, we can destimulate it, but we can't really repair it or replace it. So that's the last great frontier of transplant medicine and uh, we haven't been able to figure that out but maybe in 50 years like you said they'll be able to do that and if so that will greatly improve the quality of so many people's lives and will definitely extend the lifespan here's an interesting question my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's over the next couple of months to years will her brain lose the ability to properly work with her eyes I, and I've never even thought of that or heard of that but you do hear with Alzheimer's well the brain doesn't remember to do this correctly or do that correctly but what about something like involuntary like the eyes so let's talk about how the eye works you know light comes into the eye it's focused 70% by the cornea that front clear window we're talking about and then the other 30% by the lens in the eye this is what becomes a cataract and again, you will get removed and replaced with the intraocular lens, which will then help you see well again. And then that light proceeds through to the back of the eye to the retina, where certain uh, cells, uh, rods and cones, 
uh, go through a transduction process where they convert light into electrical impulses through the rhodopsin cycle, which is the pigment, which through a conformational shape change that happens with light, stimulates nerve endings and converts that light energy into changes into polarization of the nerves, which then go back through the brain, through the optic nerve, and then right above your pituitary gland is an area called the optic chiasm. And that's where half the fibers from the right eye go to the left part of the brain, the other half go to the right, and the same thing on the other eye. And then that goes to an area called the thalamus, where there's other processing, as well as processing for hearing. And then these optic radiations go back to the very back of your brain. Everything is left and right and front and back backwards in the brain, which is interesting the way it's set up. So the vision in the front is actually the pictures formed in the very back in the occipital cortex or the vision cortex. And that's where everything gets processed by this amazing uh, computer of our brain. And that's where the picture's formed. And everything goes there, backwards, left and right, and upside down. First two weeks you're born, you see everything left and right and upside down. You don't remember it, but you do. And then your brain, over time, along with input from other sensors and your semicircular canals in your ears, which tell whether you turn your head left or right, up or down, where's gravity, all these kind of things, they flip the image. And from then on, you see everything correctly right to left and up and down it's no longer flipped so all that processing and the pictures formed in the back of your brain so the brain has to work well the eye can still work well in Alzheimer's but that processing in the back of the brain is what is decreased along with many parts of brain activity so that's where the issue is and again we have no way to really improve or take care of that and that typically happens in the last I think it's sixth or seventh uh, stages of Alzheimer's but what's interesting <clears throat> is the earliest way that we know how to predict if someone's going to get Alzheimer's in the future is by looking at their eyes huh what are you it's not a for? blood test it's not a memory test but there's a laser that reads certain proteins in the lens of your eye, which, as I told you, focuses the remaining 30% of the image onto the retina. And certain proteins build up there, amyloid and others. And there's only two lasers in the country. They're for a research basis now. It's not something that's available, but there's work going on on that. Here's a future technology that will take many years, but eventually will be able to detect those things just by looking at your eyes and not doing a blood test. And it's the soonest way we know now, the earliest way to do that. That's wild. Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor, on the air with us. If you have questions for him, you can text us, 615-893-1450. Again, 615-893-1450. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, let's get to this question. It says here, are there any new breakthroughs in optic nerve damage repairs? So we'll tackle that one when we come back. Again, the time right now, 842. Dr. Craig McCabe on air with us. Stay with us. 
The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We are here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and our family would love to help your family take care of your pets. If the heat and humidity has you spending lots of time indoors these days, we have all of the things you need to relax at home with a calming aquarium. Here at Animal City, we have both saltwater and freshwater fish and an experienced staff that can help you take great care of either. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. In December, Demas's will be here for 32 years. My parents started this restaurant. They wanted a place that was affordable, that people can come and be able to celebrate their special occasions or be with their family. And we have strived to keep things the same as what they have created it. We encourage you to come and try Demas's Restaurant at 1115 Northwest Broad Street at Demas's Restaurants. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family owned and operated since 1989. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who served in the Marines. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran. I was born in Nashville, grew up in uh, New Hampshire, uh, went to boarding school, went to college, and then uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. Did four years, three combat tours, and then got out in 2008. A combat veteran is not an easy job. No. It wasn't when I was in. And not you, for the Vietnam vets, uh, not for Korea, World right. War One, World War Two. Those guys had it rough. And I, I did have it rough, but not as not as bad as those guys. Well, that's that's true. And I think it's because society is, as a whole is becoming more aware of what we're asking yes. of our military personnel. You said you did three tours. It, that was uncommon. Back in then. Vietnam, you did one tour, two tours. That was it. But now we have guys doing three, five, six. six. seven. I've known a guy who did eight tours. Uh, we did the Democratic vote in 05 okay. in Iraq. We were a part of that. 2006, eh, not so much humanitarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007, definitely humanitarian. We actually helped out Bangladesh in 07 when they had that micro-tornado. We gave them food and water and, and uh, helped them uh, recover bodies from the mess. I think that our foreign policy in particular is asking a lot of the men and women yes, sir. in this country. I agree. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. Join us November 27th for the Small Business Saturday Holiday Market. We'll have jewelry, clothing, home decor, food trucks, and more. The Small Business Saturday Holiday Market, November 27th at the Lay Agro Park down from Sam's. A great location for your holiday shopping needs. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. 
time right now, 8.46. Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor, on the air with us this morning. And for those listening, Dr. McCabe's office is at 122 Heritage Park Drive, right here in the borough. You can also find them online, mccabevisioncenter.com. So right before that break, we had the question, are there any new breakthroughs in optic nerve damage repairs? So I guess first off, what would be considered optic nerve damage? Well, there's many things. But first of all, we kind of alluded to it earlier for a second. What is the optic nerve? The optic nerve takes all the axons from the rods and cones, which get stimulated, get converted light to nerve conduction, funnels it through the back of the eye, through the optic nerve, back what we said was back uh, where it gets split at the pituitary gland called the optic chiasm, and then back to the thalamus, and then from there to the occipital cortex in the brain. So enough of neuroanatomy. But the point is, it is the optic nerve, which is brain nerve tissue. And like we were saying before, there is nothing that we know right now that is safe and reliable. You can't get an optic nerve transplant. Now, we do have things to help with the retina, which is stem cells. Uh, most of this research uh, at the forefront is in Germany. But they're looking and they're working on diseases that we have no cure for, something like retinitis pigmentosa. They're hoping that once they can beat that, that they can move on to large things like macular degeneration. But right now there is no good treatment that's available to uh, get the optic nerve uh, repaired. What we can kind of do is to try to improve the blood flow to the optic nerve and reduce inflammation and swelling. And uh, so it just depends. There's all kinds of optic nerve damage. You can have trauma. You can have a tumor. You can have an infection. You can have an inflammation. You can have a stroke. Uh, there's all kinds of things that can happen. You can have uh, toxic from drugs and other things just like you can in all parts of the body. But like we said, the brain and the spinal cord, that's the last frontier of medicine. Next question is, I am going through uh, cancer treatment. Will I have to fear losing my eyesight as I know it today? And, and maybe they don't mean completely lose it. but uh, You know, it just depends upon where the cancer is. You know, you can get cancers in your eye. <clears throat> I tell people one of my board questions when you become an ophthalmologist um, and that was uh, given a picture of somebody with one eye looking straight ahead the other eye looking uh, to the side and the eye that was looking to the side the white part of the eye was uh, yellow and the question is what's the diagnosis and so I had to think there for a while, but I got it right. And that was that the eye that's looking straight ahead has been replaced because it had a cancer in it called a melanoma, which you can get in any of the pigmented cells of your body. But in the eye, the number one metastasis site from 
a choroidal melanoma is the liver. And so it goes to the liver. You have liver damage that makes you jaundiced and makes your skin and your eye yellow from hmm. the bilirubin. So anyways, if it's not an eye cancer, so let's say it's a lung cancer or breast, which are the two most common, uh, I should say prostate. So of those, they typically don't go to the eye. They typically go elsewhere, bone and locally. Um, but if it's not that, and then you're on chemotherapy or radiation for those things, the radiation typically does not affect it, assuming it's not a brain cancer where then the radiation may damage the optic nerve or something. But if it's not that elsewhere, like we said, then you have side effects from the medication, the chemotherapy that you're on. And anybody that's on chemotherapy will be more than happy to tell you of all the side effects because there's many, and it's a tough thing to go through. And if you know anybody that has cancer or has been on chemotherapy, you know, do whatever you can to help them out because, you know, that's a hard thing to go through. And so anyways, they can cause all kinds of problems with dry eye and things like that. Like we said, drugs that you take can affect your eyes. And all, there probably isn't hardly any drugs that you take where if you read that little slip that comes in the box or the package or stapled to the bag that doesn't say one of the side effects is blurred vision. And that's usually from dry eyes. Dry eyes is so common. that Dry eyes is probably the thing that we treat more than anything else in our office. And we try to do a very good job on that because it affects how well you see. And it doesn't matter if you have the best lens implant in your eye or you can see 20-20 when you were younger. If you've got a dry eye problem now, your vision just isn't as good and your eyes are red and you're straining and you're rubbing them and you get tired and it's worse later in the day. It's worse if you drive. It's worse if you read. It's worse if you watch TV. So if you're having any of these issues, um, please go see an eye doctor that can treat your dry eye. Um, because it will make a world of difference. There's very good treatments for it, and uh, it's, an, it's not a difficult thing to get fixed. And again, you mentioned before different eye drops, different kinds of eye drops that were really good for dry eyes. What are some that you don't have to have a prescription for? Yeah, so I'd say any of the brand names that you see over-the-counter, so if I could just list a few, and I have no financial interest in any of them, Theratears, Sustain, Refresh, all those are very good eye drops. And now some are thicker, some are thinner, and you try them and you see which one's best for you. It's a matter, matter of personal preference then. And if you have one that you really like or if you have a couple, they're all pretty much the same to you then get the one that's on sale. When you get the ones that aren't the brand name, sometimes they can have a much higher preservative concentration to them, and you can, especially if you use the eye, dry, eye drops several times during the day, you can actually develop a toxicity to the preservative. Uh, there are ones, if you have very sensitive eyes, that are preservative-free. They come in little dropperettes you snap the top off of. There are ones that are a gel that you put in your eye right before you go to sleep that will allow you to have a moistened eye while you sleep instead of drying out. So you find the one that's right for you. And if that doesn't do a good enough job or you get tired of putting the eye drops in, come in and see 
your eye doctor and they will be able to do things for you that make your dry eye much better for you. Now, if all they do is hand you a bottle of artificial teardrops and say, hey, if this helps, get more at the drugstore, you know, you're already past that. You need more than that. And uh, so anyways, if you're having a dry eye problem and you haven't had uh, much help with that, we'd be more than happy to help you with that. If anybody would like to text questions in, do so quickly. We only have a few minutes left. Our number is 615-893-1450. And I think you pretty much answered this question when you mentioned the uh, putting the eye gel in at night for some folks. But the mm. question was, or not really a question, statement, I wake up each morning with my eyes being red, and I don't know why. But it sounds like... <laughs> dry eyes could be one of those issues. Dry eyes would be number one on the differential diagnosis. There's also blepharitis, allergies, other things. Uh, things that can make your eyes worse while you sleep are sleeping under a ceiling fan, not having enough humidity in the bedroom. So you could turn off the ceiling fan, you could add a humidifier. Uh, you know, you actually spend more time in your bedroom during the day than any other place. People say, no, that's not true. Well, you think about it. You're getting dressed, you're showering, you're maybe watching TV, whatever it is, you're sleeping. That's probably most of your time in any one room. Anyways, uh, that's, that's an easy way to take care of it. And again, we're happy to help you with that. And let me say, if, if you're having any eye problems, if your family member's having any eye problems, or your neighbor, or your loved one, or whatever it is, and you would like to do something that shows a little extra thought, consider getting them a trip to the eye doctor for whatever it is. Maybe they want to look five years younger. Maybe they need to take care of their dry eye. Maybe there's a pair of glasses or contacts or something that needs to be done to help them feel better about themselves and perform better during the day. Uh, really, what's kind of a better Christmas present than that? Yeah. Vision is huge. I, I mean, it affects everything it. you do. Yeah. And you know, if uh, you get them that, you help them out with that, and, you know, we take all the insurances pretty much. And so uh, maybe it's just a copay or something they have to meet or whatever. Maybe it's not a lot of money, but whatever. And you make them see better, make them feel better. That's something they remember and appreciate every single day. If somebody does not have a specific eye-related insurance with their health insurance, are some things covered by regular traditional health insurance? most is con is uh taken care of by your regular medical insurance things that don't are glasses contacts although there are a few now that are starting to include that but unless you have a vision service plan uh imed vsp uh there are others uh, then you have to pay a few bucks extra for the glasses prescription and more for glasses. Um, and you just have to kind of wait what's worth it to you, whether it's a good deal or not, whether you pick up that additional coverage. And you can do that as a writer on your medical insurance. But uh, pretty much all the problems, dry eyes, that's a medical diagnosis. That's not covered under vision. Uh, glaucoma, macular degeneration, cataracts, diabetes, diabetic retinopathy. That's covered under your medical. Hmm. So um, please, boy, you know, we've gone over on the show many times is all diabetics should have a dilated eye exam 
uh, that's a thorough exam. And by the way, when you go to get your eye exam, do not expect to run in and out of there. Like you're just going to get a pair of glasses, you know, something like that. You're going there for the health of your eye. So you want to get a thorough dilated eye exam. And it's once a year. And sometimes it can pick up things that if you didn't have it, you really would have wished that you would have later on. So take care of that. Uh, it's a few hours out of your day once a year and take care of your eyes. They're some of the most precious things you have. Again, on the air with us this morning, Dr. Craig McCabe, and we are pretty much out of time. But again, you can learn more at McCabeVisionCenter.com or stop by, set an appointment, 122 Heritage Park Drive. Dr. McCabe, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for everybody for calling and texting in, and uh, we'll be back again second Monday of next month. Sounds great. Stay with us. We have news coming your way next, followed by Truman Jones. He'll be on the air at about 9.05, 9.10 this morning. So, again, stay with us. Time right now, 9 o'clock. Old friends, a new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 